On this episode of Resi Week, we talk inflation surpassing salaries, a day one mindset, and CES 2023. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 357, a day one challenge. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Arlen Swagger. He is the managing editor at CE Pro. How are you doing, Arlen? I'm doing great, Matt. Always good to be back here. And uh, thanks for having me on right before the, the holiday season. Yeah, we're getting them out of the way. We're it's we're on the countdown now, as my kids keep reminding me. December already. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer. Then we've got my good buddy, Mr. Mark Feinberg. He is the president of Home Theater Advisors in New York. How you doing, Mr. Mark? I'm doing good, Matt. A little, little disappointed in my Patriots this season, but not to be unexpected. No, no. You know who I'm not disappointed in? Dallas's defense. Holy yeah. crap. Five takeaways yesterday. Yeah, that was, was I wish I had like, them in fantasy last night. It's the Colts, let's be fair. fair point. Matt Ryan. Sorry, sorry Indy <laughs> fans, but and and my friends in Indy, but dang, they look good. It was great. Mark, I'm right there with you on the Patriots, unfortunately. <laughs> good to hear. I'm not. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. Four out of five workers say that salary is not keeping up with inflation. 92% of global workers saying that inflation and recession are affecting careers, finances, etc. 85% are considering changing careers. This comes from a uh, a study by remote.co's their their work and financial wellness report um, that surveyed uh, 1100 global professionals uh, last month or, or two months ago. <clears throat> Nearly half are specifying inflation and recession concerns that have pushed them to look for a new job. 31% said they took a side job or started freelancing. 45% said they were following stricter household or personal budgets. And 23% said they've allocated more money towards savings or an emergency fund. Now, we say all that, and this should shock really no one. But Arlen, when you when you see these numbers come out, when you see the the tone and the tenor of this type of report, right? It's not really good. It it, it seems bad, and there is always that dream of, hey, I'm going to go get a better paying job. In the corporate sector, that may be a fairly easy thing to do. In the re, you know the residential integration world, that's not always a simple solution to 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 have is there anything that that we can do as as integrators as an industry to try and combat the inflation and and the recession concerns that are making people want to look for a better paying job or look at you know finding ways to get paid more bill more for clients that want to pay less sure well matt uh you know one thing that we see in the custom integration industry is that a lot of the trans, uh, you know, the transfer of one job to another 
It's through poaching. It's through people, you know, companies hiring from other companies within the industry. So why is someone going to leave, you know, when the, the grass, you know, clearly isn't always greener? We all know that. Um, so what's going to make someone leave, you know, it, basically the salary. So what do you do? You do things more like having remote worker, if that's what they if that's what they want. You know, they could be involved in a situation where each morning before they're going into the before they have to go to the job site, they have to take their own vehicle to the warehouse, to the office to prep for the job. That could be, you know, a lot of miles for some people and a lot of commute. And in this economy right now, that's still not a great thing. If there are different ways to do that and talking with other integrators, some of them have provided things like that where they're letting them use the vehicles. You know, that might be mm -hmm. use of a company vehicle where they can have it parked, have it packaged. And, you know, maybe the night before the job, it's all loaded up, ready to go. So they can just go straight to the job site using the company vehicle. But perks like that, um, you know, when I talk to integrators at things like our, our Total Tech Summit, it's, you know, integrators who have thought through and, and tried doing little things like that where they can kind of boost company morale. Uh, those little things go a long way. Certainly others, other types of things, just, um, you know, bonuses, uh, little things like more 401k options, insurance op options, certainly all of that can help keep, keep workers. If it's something where you can't quite increase the salaries, you know, if you're able to kick in more with a company match for 401k, that could offset a lower paying job for some people if they know that they're socking it away for the future. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mark, <clears throat> obviously we are all financial experts and economists here, uh, so we can speak to this with a high degree of certainty. But <sighs> this is going to be a very interesting period going forward. And to Arlen's point, poaching is typically how things have happened, uh, at least the last couple of years. But there comes a point where if you are not careful, you are overpaying for talent. And that, that at least has been the, the response that I'm getting from a lot of the people I talk to is that they're, they need people and they're having to overpay to get people all the same. They've got clients who are trying to be responsible. We'll say not necessarily scaling back, but they're just, they're trying to be responsible and not necessarily be, uh, outrageous with, with some of their improvements that they're doing. Is there anything that we can do to weather the storm and, and try and <clears throat> find a way to almost make money out of nothing? Because that's kind of what we have to do. It, it's really easy to say, hey, we're going to uh, give you a company car. But again, we've got to pay for that additional insurance or that additional mileage or that additional gas. It, it's got to come from somewhere. Right. What do we do? Can we do anything or do we just have to do the best that we actually can? I mean, I think there's a few things, you know, for example, as opposed to, you know, and what Arlen was talking about is very common in corporate America, right? As you increase mm -hmm. the benefits, if you can't give the salary, you know, can you give more PTO days? Can you give, um, you know, better 401k match? PTO days are in some cases free to us, although it does cost us a day of billing, right? If we give the person a day off, then we don't, may not get as much work done. It's a little bit different in corporate America. It's, it's pretty much free in corporate America to give an extra PTO day. Um, you know, bonuses is a good one-time thing so that, you know, I gave, I gave, we had a really good year this year and I tie bonuses to the year we had. So my guys got a really good bonus a couple weeks ago. Um, and hopefully that will keep them happy for the next few months because 
you know, the, with, with the price of real estate these days and what's happening with interest rates, we may not be in this flush of cash for very long. The, <laughs> I may not have a, as good a 2023. Um, so the one-time the one time payments, if it's an annual bonus, a quarterly bonus, it as long as it's not expected every year, it's rewarding people when you do well, but not locking yourself into a long-term commitment. Um, yeah. You know, and the other option, you know, and then, you know, at this point, you know, can you raise rates? Can you um, explore, you know, secondary or tertiary categories? Are you not doing lighting? Are you not doing shading? Can you sell lighting fixtures? I haven't gotten there yet, but, you know, are there other categories you can undertake that don't require you to really build headcount very much, but will add to your bottom line to afford so you can pay people a little bit better? You know, as you were saying, people feel like they're overpaying. The problem with paying the average is when you pay the average, you get average. Do you want average employees? Or do you want better than average employees? If you want better than average mm -hmm. installers and employees, you're going to pay better than average. So how do you get there? And and it's, it's I mean, there's only so many levers we can pull. It's our labor rates. It's our profit margins on product, which is relatively fixed because most things have an MSRP. Um, and it's... You know, it's it's adding it's it's growing sales, which in many ways is adding more categories of business. So let me let me push back just for for one second before we move on. I I get very cautious when I hear people talking about adding essentially new verticals, mm -hmm. right? If if it's a a very close adjacent field, yes, sure. the 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 investment into that is typically not that big, but at a time when, and, and again, I. I'm not trying to be a fear monger. I'm not trying to go down that vein, but I'm trying to be aware more so than what I hear most people trying to be. At a time when there is some uncertainty, is that the time to double down on your existing business or is that the time to try and expand? Because there are two very right. strong opinions on that, depending who you talk to. Yeah, I mean, it's, listen, if you if you have the, confidence in your sales to go out and drum up more business and, and either close a higher percentage of jobs or generate more leads, stick with what you know, right? Why bring on something that you're not used to that's risky, that, you know, is going to take some investment to get up to speed is probably going to take some screw ups that you're going to eat. Um, if you, if you can sell more, sell more of what you're doing already. But if you feel like your ability to sell more of the same is limited, what's your, what's your next option? Matt, I can tell you that at the last couple of uh, dealer conferences that I've been to, one was our, our Total Tech Summit. That was at the end of October, and that was uh, mm -hmm. uh, the hosted event that we have with our CE Pro 100 companies. Uh, we also have the commercial and security tracks. And then uh, I went to the HTSA fall conference a couple of weeks before that, and they were talking about you know just what you were saying, and they were addressing it in terms of, yeah, here's the time to more, more or so double down on your operations you know, making it lean and your marketing efforts, it, it, you know, people at, at companies, um, I'm sorry, organizations like HTSA were saying, you know, we have a lot of resources that integrators aren't using as much as they can. And where right now they can really do it to improve their websites, to improve their social media reach, you know, things like if you're going on a project, you know, now's the time, hey, start shooting some video, take, you know, take, um, see what you could do on the, on the video side and, Grow your YouTube channel, but get you know get some more marketing in as well during this time right now. Like yeah. you said, just in case. And also your point, Arlen, run, can you run leaner? You know, now that inventories are getting back into shape, can you 
you know, bleed down your inventory a little bit. I, I haven't had a lot of problems. I mean, Sonos is back in good shape. Control 4 has been in good shape. I'm not a Crestron house. So I'm not worried about that. Um, I don't know where Lutron is. But, you know, it, I don't have any issues getting things right now. An occasional skew here or there, but I'm not. it's not a wholesale issue like it was a year or two ago. You know, can you bleed down some inventory? Can you run a little bit leaner? Can you be more efficient? Arlen's point from earlier. Can the, can the truck get packed at night so in the morning the guys can be on the job site so you're not burning an hour of them coming to the shop and packing up mm-hmm. and then commuting to the job site? You know, how can you be more efficient? How can you be leaner? What can you maybe outsource that will allow you to focus on growing the business? Are you doing your own accounting? Should you be doing your own accounting? I mean, no. No, you should not. Exactly. No. <laughs> right. Are you, are you sitting there tinkering with your website? Are you spending all day like, on your business, but it's stuff you shouldn't be doing because it's not your expertise, outsource it and focus on growing the business. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right, gentlemen, let's change topics to a second or for a second to a story that comes to us from Residential Systems, getting into a day one mindset from a good friend of the show, Mr. Henry Clifford. He's going to be very disappointed. He wasn't on the show to talk about his own story because that's typically what we do. Uh, read through this article. It's it's a really good take from Henry, uh, which is, should surprise no one who who follows Henry. He's talking about uh, the fact that he's been in business for twenty years, and you know sometimes you you just get caught up in the day to day. And he takes a look at Amazon's embracing of the attitude called day one, where essentially you view every day as your first day on the job, your first day running the company as if you literally just bought your company that day and you're starting fresh. So you come in with fresh eyes looking at things. And it's a really, really good article uh, that that makes you think, which is one of the things we love about Henry. Mark, <coughs> one of the things that I love about this article, but from a practicality stance, I, I typically have a hard time with this concept. It's really easy to say, hey, I'm going to spend every day looking at my business as if I just got into it and I'm going to find all of those inefficiencies as we kind of talked about earlier and all those little things that we do really well, the things we can we can improve on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also really difficult to do that while you're actually trying to run your business and get stuff done. Is there a way that you can balance trying to look at things objectively? and with fresh eyes, but at the same time realizing that it, it's not a pie in the sky situation. You can't just sit there and be like, mm, this is really great. We should look at hiring that guy, firing that guy, doing this, doing that. At some point you actually have to either get your boots on the ground or put your butt in the seat and, and do some actual work. Right. I mean, listen, this, you know, you, you can, you can start from scratch every day, but then I, I don't know how, then you're always kind of rebuilding. It feels like, um, I'm a fan of more the the, the Japanese you know, 1980s Kanban. It's you know it's it's small improvements, figuring out what's not working for you and how do you improve it. You know, back to what we just talked about. You know, uh, mm-hmm. are you not? You know, all the all the operational things we talked about you know three minutes ago are all little improvements. You know, and there's things I've taken away from this show. Um, you know, different different um, software packages for either for quoting. Or for doing, you know, for marking up drawings or running your website, are the things you can do bit by bit, you know, and, and set strategic goals or even tactical goals to over the coming year. What do you want to improve and and pick the top, you know, two to four hits that you want to attack in the next year. 
saying, what do you want to improve? As opposed to saying, if I just bought the company today, some, that could be overwhelming, especially for a small company. You know, I'm a small shop yeah. and for me to look at it and go, what do I want to do? What would I do if this was from day one? I think that would be a little overwhelming to me. And I, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be selling anything. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the back office, I'm the sales, I'm the programming, I'm the marketing. Now, while I outsource a lot of that, I'm still the one approving all of that, right? So I've, still, I've been yeah. doing the strategic planning of all of that. So it's hard to, I would think for me to be wholesale new every day. Yeah, that's a really good point. Arlen, something that, yeah, again, this brings to mind, but also that we've seen talked about, again, at events like the ones that, that you mentioned earlier, and what I'm seeing floating around both the business world and the the custom in integration world blah, 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 um, is that due to again some of those economic outlooks that we're seeing 2023 is the year if you if you've never done it to really work on your business to really dig deep into what you're doing why you're doing it and how you're doing it is that not kind of to a degree go part and parcel with this day one approach to, to really dig through all those processes and see what's working, what's not, and, and cut the chaff that's not working. Yeah, I think absolutely. The thing that you want to do is is figure out, to, to what Mark was saying, I mean, you're not going to go in and think about overhauling things, but it's it's certain things that you can do in pieces at a time. You know, I think one thing that you want to do, you want to evaluate your staff. You know, and I guess for the for this conversation, what are we talking about? A typical integrator, eight to fourteen people, maybe if you want, ten to twenty, somewhere around there. That's not your typical integrator. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, I think we find for our our typical C C E Pro uh, reader for our state of the industry, uh, I think we're at about eight, eight or so. Um, but you want to go in and make sure that you know for your for your staff, and and we've seen this recently where we've had. Uh, more mergers and acquisition activity in the industry. Uh, it's mm -hmm. one thing. So, you know, it could be a true scenario, not so much in the distant future where your company might be be considered uh, acquired by another company. And, you know, the, the first thing as a, a CEO, you want to go in there and you want buy-in from everyone in the company that you just bought. Um, and part of that is, is, you know, sometimes you have to go in and talk. You're going to, I'm going to go in and talk to everyone individually and I'm going to survey them and I'm going to say, what do you think is working right in the company? What do you think is working wrong in the company? Um, it's always good to have that and staff, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't feel like their voice is going to be recognized. But if you feel like that you need to make some changes, who would know better than to what changes you need to make than, you know, the employees themselves. So they might have some very good ideas on ways to improve things. Uh, I did a profile back in the fall of a company out here in North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, Paralectronics, and it had grown, it had like tripled over the, over the last three or four years. And to manage that, the owner had to, he basically went out and he hired someone as kind of a operations manager, had him basically kind of for like a year consultancy gig and come in there and ask those questions. Uh, he, you know, surveyed everyone that was going on there and said, how are you getting along with the owner? What can we do better with communications? Uh, what can we do better? Do you feel like you have some sort of career path with the employees? They want to make sure that they're, you know, going somewhere. 
so I think if you're taking over a company and you're thinking about different things you could do is to sort of look at your people in a different way and what you can do, what you can do for them. And that's, you know, the first way to start achieving results. It's yeah, just, it's you know, really and then go from there and you talk about all the processes. We were talking about the efficiencies. And once you start figuring out and evaluating your people, you know, you can have them take personality tests. You can figure out who, you know, people might not be in a good position. They might not be in the right position for them, but because they've been doing that for the last, you know, 15 years at a company, maybe it's time that they want to try a different position and they might be better suited to one, but they haven't had the chance. So I think that's something that could, you know, very much help toward transforming a company. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right, gentlemen, let's hit our last story of the day real quick. This comes to us from Residential Systems. CES 2023 is on track for record post-pandemic growth, uh, and it's adding a conference program. Now, you might have caught my chuckle, and that's because they're saying that CES 2023 will, would be bigger, 50% bigger than CES 2022, which was an incredibly small year. <laughs> So the sample size might be a little entertaining, we'll say. Arlen, let, let me start with you just, just real quick on this. Obviously, they expect this to be bigger. Uh, they've got something like 2,400 uh, exhibitors that they're expecting. It's going to be uh, one of the largest global auto shows. Uh, 100,000 attendees are expected to be uh, there with a third of them from outside the U.S. This is all looking fine and dandy. How do you think this this year will compare to years pre-pandemic? Right. And I was going to say, Matt, you know, uh, um, for anyone who doesn't know, CE Pro were owned by Emerald, people who own Cedia Expo. That is one of a zillion expos that we have. We're a huge mm -hmm. trade show company, uh, much more so than a media company. Uh, and one thing that we do, you know, we look at or when we have meeting, you know, company-wide meetings, we talk about things in terms of pre-pandemic, comparing them to 2019. And we've looked at shows and, and you can see that it's, uh, the numbers are favorable that we've seen from the swath of various industries that, uh, that we do in our company. Um, you know, we've seen some, some really favorable numbers compared to pre-pandemic, I think for CES. Uh, I think they will probably look at you know, some similar growth. I know, you know, obviously from last year, I know people saw big changes that they had to the LVCC. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I know there were some empty spaces from what, what I understand of uh, what people were, were who attended had seen. Um, you know, one of the things that did catch my eye in that, in that briefing was about the third of the audience, uh, the attendees expected to come internationally. Uh, now, of course, we don't know where internationally they'll be coming from, but we do know that you know, in the past, uh, pre-pandemic, of course, uh, CES has been a large, uh, it's had a large Asian, uh, basically, population that attends the show. Mm -hmm. My question would be, are we going to see more people from coming from Europe? Are they still going to be coming from Asia? Uh, let's see what, you know, let's see what happens there. But um, I expect certainly, I think it'll be probably pretty close to the pre-pandemic numbers. I think it'll definitely be strong. And, you know, you don't, you're not going to have uh, the large companies like the display manufacturers that were still uh, not there last year in some instances that really cause, you know, a lot of domino effect with who winds up attending the show. Yeah, that's a really good point. Speaking of attending the show, uh, Mark, let, let's wrap with you on this. Is there any reason 
for an HTP to, to show up to CES to deal with the monstrosity that is CES. I know there's a pavilion and I know a lot of our, our manufacturer partners are there, but why, why would we go? Would we go? Would you go? Would it's anyone go? answer because I've never gone. Right. <laughs> because well, there's an answer right there. <laughs> because everybody I've spoken to said, Mark, are you in the business of selling cell phone cases? And I've said, no, they said, then don't go to, don't go to CES. Um, you know, I've never been, it, it feels like it would be just, you know, from what I've read about it, from what I've talked to people who've gone, it's overwhelming. What we would be looking for is, you know, there is the pavilion, but you know, other things we had so scattered about and, and hard to find and hard to find, you know, the wheat through the chafe. It's just a bit of a waste of time. And it's, you know, it's, it's incredibly expensive. Uh, hotel rooms are out of sight in Vegas for that. You know, it's much more reasonable to go to Cedia, obviously. Um, I haven't found a reason to go. It just it hasn't felt like something I've needed to attend. And I think a lot of HTPs feel the same way. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Uh, although I've got one friend from from Texas who swears by it. And he berates me every year for not going. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm not going. I'm not doing it. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap it there. Thank you both for joining us. Mark, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Home Theater Advisors, where can they do that? Best is uh, the website, www.hometheateradvisors.com. Um, email me, mark at hometheateradvisors.com, or our Facebook uh, uh, page is Home Theater Advisors. Excellent. Thanks, sir. Arlen, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro, where can they do that? Sure, they can go to cepro.com as always. They can find me on Twitter at Arlen Schweiger. And uh, if you happen to get the spelling on my name, you can also find me on LinkedIn there as well. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 